Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's good to be back. I mean, I'll technically be back for a couple of days now, but not here. Not on Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm not quite sure where all on Super Talk Mississippi. A lot of affiliates covering Mississippi State and Ole Miss sports tonight. But those of you who are listening, we appreciate you. Rhino down there in Studio X, he's making everything hum along as, as he is wont to do. Thank you guys for tuning in. We've got a good show tonight as we lead into one of the biggest basketball games at Mississippi State in quite some time that I'll be heading to as soon as I wrap up here at the studio. I'll be headed to the Humphrey Coliseum for Mississippi State, Alabama. We will talk about that game. Uh, a, a little later, Mississippi State football. Uh, we we're only a few days away from the final game of the season uh, and the bowl game. And a lot happened while I was out. I, I, I feel like I missed uh, quite a bit. I want to give a shout-out to my friend and podcast partner, Robbie Falk, who uh, did a fantastic job uh, in my absence. He was worried about being able to do this. I, I was never worried. I wouldn't have put him in the game if I didn't think he could make the shot to win. So thanks again, Robbie. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you helping me out. And our listeners appreciate you guys uh, having been able to do that uh, for us on signing day. And so Mississippi State with a full class in the boat, and now the the the, the next signings that we're going to be hearing about are on the coaching staff, and that is obviously you know the big thing that's going on right now on message boards and on social media. Who is going to be on Zach Arnett's staff is is very apparent at this point. There are going to be some some changes. Wholesale is a harsh word. I don't think everybody's gone. I think defensively you could see a good bit of the staff back. Um, and I think offensively you could see some guys back. But there are going to be some some changes. There are going to be some new faces. And most importantly, I guess you'll say, at that offensive coordinator uh, position might not be the right word because there wasn't an offensive coordinator before with, with Mike Leach. Mike Leach was the offensive coordinator. But State will need one now. And the names are all out there. You, you know, you've seen them at this point. Seth Luttrell and Jeff Kitley, Chris Hatcher. Today on the message boards, Kendall Bryles' names popped up. I will say this, and I said it earlier on Sports Talk, that in the past five or six years with, with, with these searches, the names that have come out in public have not, they don't have the best track record of being the guy. Who was talking about Chris Lamonis before Chris Lamonis was the guy? Who was talking about Sam Purcell? Chris Jans is kind of the exception to the rule, but that 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 was a special kind of circumstance where you had those three guys. You had Todd Golden, Matt McMahon, Chris Jans, and you knew State was going to get one of them. And it just it turned towards Jans. But even with Moorhead and Leach, these were not guys that were at the top of the list by any stretch of the imagination. And then you heard about them at the at when when they got the job in all in, in all you know in all finality. I mean if you remember with Mike Leach, 
the night before he was hired, everybody was convinced State was hiring Steve Sarkeesian. So from Dr. Keenum, and, and think about Dr. Keenum right now in the middle of his athletic director search, and, yeah, we've seen some names. We've seen Jared Binko's name pop up a lot, and we've seen, uh, you know, uh, John David Wicker's name was out there for a while. I think that's that's probably moved on at this point. Uh, and now you're seeing, you know, a guy like Michael Alford from Florida State, his name is popping up. But nothing is concrete. You're not getting any, you're not, see, if you look at the national guys, none, none of them who are the guys who break these kind of hires, they, none of them have, have given us anything. So just just keep an open mind on this, on this offensive quarter. That's not to say it couldn't be Chris Hatcher. It couldn't be somebody like that. It could very easily be. But are we gonna? Am I gonna be totally shocked when you know after the bowl game? And that's the other thing to remember, by the way. Everybody's like, gotta get him in, gotta get him coaching, gotta get coaching. Nothing's happening until the third, guys. Nobody's announcing anything before the bowl game. You're not gonna, you're not gonna. Bring, what, what would be the point? What would be the point of that? You know, you can just bring him in on the. Uh, you can bring him in on the third, and they can be here for the weekend to, to talk to recruits. And you've got portal guys coming in, and you do need to get an offensive coordinator in because you've got to sell that vision. And you got to be able to you know, explain to them who's going to coach who. I get that. That's got to be done. But the idea, it's not going to happen before then. But if we, if we wake up on the third and we find out this, you know, Coach X is the new offensive coordinator at Mississippi State, and we haven't talked about Coach X to this point, I'm not going to be overly surprised by that. Zach Arnett is his own man. He has his own network of connections. He has his own vision for what he wants to do. And while I think they'll stick with the air raid or at least some some semblance of the air raid, it's not going to be the Mike Leach air raid anymore. It's going to be more balanced. Some of the stuff we talked about in the past few months about the offense sort of evolving and you know evolving more of a mobile quarterback, again, you can't do too much in year one because Will Rogers is still going to be the guy there. I don't see a situation where he's not. But they're going to run the ball more. They're going to probably use a tight end. I will not be totally surprised if, when this is done, there's a wide receivers coach and there's a tight end coach. And there's not any more inside and outside receivers. There's going to be a quarterback's coach on staff. There wasn't one under Leach because Leach was the quarterback's coach. So you're going to see some 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 shuffling. You're going to see some new faces. And you're going to see some guys who, you know, quite honestly, you can feel bad for them because they didn't really do anything to lose their job. You know, if a coach, if a coach is from this year's staff is not on next year's staff, they didn't get fired or, or anything because they 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 did a poor job. It's just going to be an unfortunate situation where Zach Arnett had his own, like I said, his own vision and his own ideas, and he wants his own staff, and so you have to make that difficult decision. And it sucks for those guys because they didn't do anything wrong. State's coming off an eight and four season. The offense was better at times this year. You saw some progress. You saw some 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 good things. You win the Egg Bowl. You go to a, a good bowl game. These are usually things that get you a raise, not a not a pink slip. It's it's just it's just an unfortunate situation, top to bottom, with what that was what with what has happened with Mike Leach, you know. And then there's it's just some collateral damage. There's just no other way to put that. The Zach Arnett era, I think, got off to a good start last week with signing day. I talked about that some on on, uh, on Mondays, I think, Thunder Lightning podcast. That, that I, a lot of green flags, the way he held the class together, the way he was able to to get Isaac Smith, a player we've been talking about for the past few months, the way he was able to, to get a couple of last-minute additions to that class. 
you know, he only had suffered the one decommitment. I'm very sad that Joe Crocker is gone. I will I will admit that here on live radio that I had years of jokes planned around Joe Cro- Joe Crocker. I will have to transition those jokes into Creed Whitmore jokes. We will be making a lot of Creed jokes. We will take the, the you know the, the loss of Crocker will have to be my sacrifice. If you see what I'm saying, if you get the gist, the cut of my jib, we're going to make Creed jokes instead. But I thought I thought Arnett did that, and I thought the way he he handled himself in his his press conferences, I thought you know, he took a little zing at Robbie. But that's something that you know, if you're a Mississippi State fan, especially uh, the younger generation of Mississippi State fans who are kind of tired of the whole, you know. Well, Mississippi State, you know, we don't, we, we, you know, back when I was going to school, we were happy to win a couple of games, and you know, those days are gone forever. You should just let them go. And so for Zach Arnett to talk about we're a big time program, I think that's an attitude that's going to sell and is going to play uh, at Mississippi State. So the first week of the Zach Arnett era was off to a flying start. Now he needs to go down into to Tampa and his first ever game as a head coach, and we'll see what he can do there. We talked a little bit about it on Sports Talk, and we'll talk a little bit about it more uh, later in the show. We can't take too much from that game. We're, we're not going to grade the uh, the entirety of Zach Arnett's next five years at Mississippi State upon what happens in, in Tampa in the bowl game. But that being said, you want to see a team go down there ready to play for the memory of, of Mike Leach, play motivated, play high energy, and, and get that win because it's going to set the train rolling. There's going to be buzz about Mississippi State in 2023, which is a real year, by the way. Every time I say a year like this, 2023, I feel like we're in a sci-fi movie. Where are the flying cars? Why aren't we on Jupiter yet? I don't know the answers to those things. But we should be in some form or fashion. But next season is going to be a big year for Mississippi State. I firmly believe that. That's the up year in the cycle that Mississippi State missed in 2018. 2023 is going to be the up year. That's going to be the year where nine, maybe ten is a, is a is a real possibility. You got the schedule, you got the talent, you got the roster, you got the experience. Do you have the coach? Well, there we are. That's the question we're going to have to answer in the coming weeks. We'll preview this bowl game when we come back. We're going to talk about the ReliQuest Bowl, Mississippi State versus Illinois. This is not the same Illinois team that went eight and four in the season. A lot of question marks for the Illini. We'll find out more about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back in just a minute. Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. 
I don't know if I said that in the first part of the interview. Just assume you guys all knew who I was. I, I was, you know, you shouldn't do that. You you, you gotta you gotta let people know who you are when you're on the air because you never know. Could be new listeners out there. If there are, appreciate you tuning in. If you're one of my loyal listeners, appreciate you coming back. I always tell people about this show. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell an enemy. We'll go from there. Uh, Mississippi State heads or is headed. They're already there. They are in Tampa, Florida, uh, for the ReliaQuest Bowl, formerly known, rest in peace, as the Outback Bowl. Uh, Mississippi State versus Illinois. Illinois was a good football team this year, eight and four. If you recall, uh, in the second to last week of the season, they had Michigan on the ropes, were on the verge of knocking them out of the playoff picture, uh, and just gave up a couple of late scores there uh, in Ann Arbor, and 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 lost that game. Still, were within a couple of plays. If Purdue had lost its final game, Illinois would have gone to the Big Ten uh, championship game for a rematch with Michigan. So this is a this was a quality football team, but. The portal, not the portal, I'm sorry, opting out has hit them really hard. Uh, first and foremost among those, Chase Brown, their, their leading rusher, one of the top running backs in the country. He's out. He's not playing in this game. Um, decided to opt out, playing and making his way to the, uh, to the NFL for, uh, for the draft and where he will be drafted. He's a, he's a, a quality, quality football player. Um, on the year, 1,643 yards and 10 touchdowns. So he's not playing. Uh, and then defensively for them, I talked earlier today to uh, to Matthew Stevens, who covers the uh, the covers Illinois for IlliniGuys.com. They're missing a few starters in their secondary, namely among them uh, Devin Witherspoon. The Forbes, uh, I'm sorry, Forbes, <laughs> Freudian slip there. The Thorpe Award candidate, should be the Forbes Award, uh, the Thorpe Award candidate finalist uh, who, who was one of the top nation's top DBs, he's out. Sidney Brown, their second leading tackler on the season, uh, a safety, he's out. They're missing some big pieces back there in the secondary, and they're about to play an offense that... Uh, has not, you know, they, they they don't see a lot of, uh, in the Big Ten. You know, you, you look at the Big Ten; it's still very much a uh, a run the football conference. I mean, and, and look at Illinois. Tommy DeVito, their their starting quarterback, threw for only twenty three hundred yards this year, twenty three ninety seven, fifteen touchdowns, four interceptions. We all thought Will Rogers had a down year this year. He threw for thirty seven hundred yards and thirty six touchdowns. Just a different style of football up there. Um, their leading receiver, Isaiah Williams, 72 catches. And you're thinking, wow, he must have had big numbers. No, 595 yards receiving. Only five touchdowns. 72 catches should put you over 1,000 yards easily. Easily. Not for uh, not for Isaiah Williams. So that's where I think defensively is the, is the biggest issue for Illinois. Because now you're missing key players in your secondary. You're going to play a team that passes the ball more than any team you've played this year. Um, And also your defensive coordinator is now the head coach at Purdue. Ryan Walters took that job, and he's out. So they've got a guy who's, for the first time, calling defensive plays for them. That's just a lot of uncertainty. That's just a lot of, of, of concern for me. 
And, and, and it's not that Mississippi State doesn't have some similar concerns, right? Steve Spurrier Jr., first-time offensive coordinator. But the players are there, right? Rodgers is there, Marks. Even without Ra-Ra Thomas and Xavier Thomas, you still have plenty of experience at the receiver position. All your offensive linemen are playing. You, you, you feel good about where you are offensively. So for Mississippi State, I feel like they have a huge advantage over Illinois on the offensive side of the ball because you've got inexperienced players running a, running a defensive system that's it's going to be somewhat different, not radically different, but you know the, the calls aren't going to be made by the same guy. It feels like State should be able to take advantage of that, and I, especially because I think Spurrier will be more balanced in his play calling than Mike Leach was. I think that Spurrier will, has seen the tape and knows that when Mississippi State runs the ball twenty plus times, they win. Now you don't have Marks, or I'm sorry, you don't have Johnson there. You have Marks, and you're going to have to give Simeon Price a bigger role in this game. But I also think Marks is plenty capable of carrying the ball 15, 16 times in this game. He's a tough guy, good running back. I have no problem putting the ball into his hands a good bit. You know, I, I figure he'll carry it 15 to 16 and maybe catch another four or five passes. But if it's more than that, even, I, I mean, I, I feel good about that. I feel good about State's, you know, ability to work on the offensive line. I feel like that, State's offensive line has been a plus this year. You know, a lot of people got on my case in the offseason because I said, I think tackle to tackle, they can be better than they were a season ago, even with the loss of Charles Cross. Well, check the numbers. They, they were good. You know, they obviously didn't have that, you know, steel wall over there at left tackle protecting Will Rogers' blindside. But let's not like act like Will Rogers was running for his life all year. State did a great job of protecting him. And if you're somebody like me who watched all the games, you know that when he did take sacks, a lot of times they were coverage sacks. Just couldn't find an open guy. Or situations, you know, go watch the Ole Miss game a couple times. He just rolled into pressure. You know, his, his, his pocket awareness was not where you wanted it to be. I think State's offensive line did a great job. So that's that's... That's where the biggest advantage lies for Mississippi State. And then on the other side of the ball, Illinois is already a conservative offensive team, right? They like to run the football. They're kind of, you know, an up the middle, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of offense, even with the big total numbers there with uh, with Brown. He, he, he wasn't averaging like six or seven yards a carry or anything like that. Uh, so they kind of, what they like to do offensively kind of plays into what Mississippi State likes to do defensively. And, you know, as we know, one of State's biggest issues this year was stopping mobile quarterbacks. That is not Tommy DeVito, the uh, the Syracuse transfer. He, he is a guy, and he wants to stay in the pocket. He is not going to break big plays with his feet. Not, not that he's not a, a decent athlete and can't extend some plays, but he's not a Jaden Daniels, a Malik Hornsby, a Jackson Dart kind of runner with the football. So the, you know, the, some of the quarterbacks that troubled State this year from a, from an, a defensive standpoint, DeVito is not that. So there's a lot working in Mississippi State's favor, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, and I, I, I don't know how else to put this, but if Mike Leach were still coaching this team, I would think State would win it by, by a touchdown or more. For sure, I would take State to do that. Your question is, how is Mississippi State's, what's their mindset? How are they psychologically are they are they ready to play can they put the tra- put tragedy behind them if they can't I, nobody can blame them for that 
I mean, could you do it? I don't know. I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could. Uh, uh, somebody as uh, big a figure in their in my life as Mike Leach was in the players' lives passed away tragically, suddenly, unexpectedly, like that. I don't know that I could just go out and put that behind me. You know, thankfully they've had some time to to grieve and to process. And maybe being away from Starkville helps in that, you know. I think they're at Bush Gardens today. I think they're going to the beach tomorrow. Maybe having some time away to just enjoy life a little bit helps you with that. I'm sure. It, it, I, mean, I don't see how it wouldn't. I think you're going to know in the first, like, ten plays of this game how it's going to go. If State's flying around, if they're making plays, if, if they they look engaged and they're they're pumping each other up and they're everybody's you know high fiving each other, you're probably state's probably in a good spot. They're going to be in good shape. But if you can tell early in that game they're just kind of going through the motions, it could be a long day. It could be a long day. I'll do a prediction and some playmakers to watch uh, late when we finish up the show in, the, in, our, in our final few minutes. I think state's going to win. And I, I don't know how high scoring a game it's going to be, but I just feel like the uncertainty on the defensive side of the ball for Illinois is it's almost too great to overcome. They, I feel like they've lost too much with their coach out and with these these key players out in the secondary and playing an offense that you just don't have a lot of practice against. You play a team like that once a year. And that's, you know, that's supposed to be the beauty of the air raid, right, is that you don't practice against it every week. It's not what you see every week. It's really going to be the case here for Illinois. So I, I think that gives State a huge advantage in this game. You know, with, with so, much, so many veterans on that side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball, I really feel like that's going to be the big difference uh, for Mississippi State. When we come back, Mississippi State tips off in about an hour and a half in a top 25 matchup, the only one in college basketball tonight, Mississippi State and Alabama at the hump. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we're going to see at the Humphrey Coliseum. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. With you here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever missed the show, it's always available on the Thunder and Lightning uh, podcast feed. Just subscribe anywhere you get podcasts Apple, Spotify, wherever. Or you can always just go to supertalk.fm. Everything's right there in one easy place. Plus, if I ever write anything, which is rare, I'll admit to it, it's rare. But if I do, it's there. So check it out, supertalk.fm. Slash sports, you'll find it at Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, high school, everything we cover sports-wise is right there in one easy site. 
We are one hour and uh, carry the 22 minutes away from the start of uh, the tip-off of Mississippi State versus Alabama, number eight versus number 21, the only top 25 matchup in college basketball tonight. Uh, A sold-out crowd expected. We'll see how that goes. They've sold out all the tickets for sure. Um, I, I mean, I definitely expect some Alabama fans to be there, but it looks like Mississippi State fans have done their done their part. Uh, kudos to Mississippi State, by the way. And I said this back in football season. They have been very creative, and they have really done a good job of thinking outside the box for getting people into the stadium. Don't care about this. Don't care about that. Get them in the stadium. Let's have a full house if we can have one. And tonight, with the students still not back from Christmas vacation, uh, State has put a lot of, of regular fans into those seats and general admission seats. So basically you get there and you find a seat and you go from there. That's smart thinking. That's just smart thinking. I, I didn't think of that. I was wondering how that was going to work. State put a, put a, a solution together. So congrats uh, to those guys over there. They, they have done a fantastic job going all the way back to the balcony idea of being creative and, and just saying, look, this is the this is the truth of this matter. Mississippi State gets sixty million dollars a year from the SEC network, right? They can afford to uh, to give away some 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 cheap seats every now and then. Not not gonna not, not gonna have to fold up the operations over there if they do some general admission tickets for 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 college basketball. So good job by Mississippi State in in doing that. And and a game you couldn't have a more stark contrast in styles. Uh, Alabama is a team that gets up and down the court. They are the dribble-drive offense. They want to drive the ball, kick it out to open shooters. They shoot a ton of threes. They average 84 points a game. Uh, They're led by Brandon Miller, six foot nine kid shooting 44% from three. That'll play. That'll that'll get you drafted real early in the NBA draft. Um, They run up and down the court. They are a fast-paced basketball team. And then you have Mississippi State giving up only 52 points per game. They muddy it up. They get you down in the mud and the muck. They defend. They, they they play possession to possession. Offensively, they have not been very good this year. There's no getting around that fact. But their defense has traveled and been with them at every game. They're only giving up 52 points a game. 52 points per game. That is an absurdly low number in college basketball. So... You have you you really do have the irresistible force and the immovable object going at each other tonight. So we're going to find out, you know, whichever of Newton's laws of gravity that covers. I'm not entirely sure. I'm I'm no physicist. Uh, the, we're going to find out, you know, which one plays out. State can't win a shootout in this game. Alabama gets into the 70s. It's going to be real tough for State to win. State's got to find a way to make this game low scoring. If they do that, they have a, they have a chance to win. They need a big game from Tolu Smith, and they need a couple of their other guys to step up. Be that DJ Jeffries, Deshaun Davis, can the freshman Keyshawn Murphy make a play or two? Can can Shaq Moore play in this game? Is he going to be healthy? I think he's back for this one. They've got to find those guys around Tolu who, who you trust to get you fifteen to twenty points. It's where you're getting the other forty five points for them. State at sixty-five points, so you feel like they they got a great chance to win. Because I just don't, I just don't think Alabama is going to be as successful offensively in this game. If they are, they are, and then they just win, and that's how how it goes. And I don't like moral victories, and I don't like good losses, but 
from an NCAA tournament perspective right now, State, I think, was 25th in the net when I looked yesterday. Their net's going to continue to go up. They, they play two top ten teams in net this week. Alabama's eighth. Tennessee is third. Tennessee kicked off their conference uh, season earlier today in Oxford and uh, won that game, a game they were behind in, give Ole Miss credit. But in the end, Ole Miss is old foe. Their inability to make shots uh, caught up with them, and Tennessee was able to get the win there. Tennessee's third in the net right now. So you can lose both of those games, and your net probably doesn't go anywhere. And then it's just about winning the games you're supposed to win, starting on January 7th when you play the Ole Miss Rebels. This game tonight, though, if you could win, if you could find a way to get the win over Alabama, buddy, you have set yourself up for for success. You already have with the NCAA tournament, right? Right now, Mississippi State is in a position where if they are 8-10 and 10 in conference play, they would be in the NCAA tournament, no questions asked, in my opinion. No questions asked. Would, would be comfortably in. Would it be like a six seed. I think the last bracketology I saw had them as a seven. You know, it's I feel like it's crazy to be keeping up with Joe Lenardi this early. Never have before. But the team has done enough that you 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 want to you gotta you gotta keep your eye on that kind of stuff. The crowd has me has me uh, excited. Because I'm old enough that I was at the hump when it was maybe the most intimidating arena in the SEC. You know, I was there for those games in, in 95, 96 when they went to the Final Four. I was there in 03 and 04 when they won the SEC. I, you know, I've seen the hump wreck teams. I've seen what that place can be. And it's been a full decade, really. I don't remember, I don't remember the last time the hump was the hump. You know, I, I don't. So, you know, and there there have been some moments there. There've been there have been some moments where state will go on a run and get a big three or something, and you, you have the echoes of the hump, right? You you can hear it's like ah, oh, it's that's that's as close as I can remember. And and I've I've heard it for the women, you know, when the women played South Carolina a couple years back and beat them, it, the hump was the hump for that. The hump has been the hump for the women a few times in the past decade, but not for the men. So, what is this crowd going to look like tonight? I don't know the answer to that. I hope that it, I hope that the, the 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 sellout is a real sellout. You know, obviously they got to work around the construction in there and all that. But I'm excited to get to the hump for basketball uh, in about an hour. Well, I'm leaving here in a, you know as soon as it's over, so I'll be I'll be at the hump in 30 minutes at the latest. And I'm excited. I'm excited for college basketball for a change. And I'll be honest with you, and I've, I've said this many times, I had no inkling that I was going to be on December 28th. I thought Mississippi State basketball, okay, it's going to be a process with Jans. He's going to build. They'll be better than they were a year ago, but I don't have, I don't, I didn't have high expectations. And I still don't. Even though they're ranked and even though they've played so well, I'm going to keep my expectations kind of baseline. I just want to be like, look, whatever happens, happens. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to end up say, being disappointed that this team went to the NIT. That team would be, it would be a huge plus for them to go to the NIT. It would be it would be a good season if they did. I don't want to be disappointed with that. But that being said, with 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 Jans and the way he's coached to this point, I believe in the guy. You know, as he continues to add talent and he continues to add scores, that's going to be the biggest thing. He's got to get guys to get the ball in the hoop. But he, you know, he took a guy like in DJ Jeffries, who I thought last year was a complete liability. 
and he's turned him into a, a player that you can rely on, who at least, if nothing else, plays tough and plays hard each and every play. Cam Matthews, you already knew you were going to what you were getting from him defensively. He must be like a, like a like a pig in mud to to be playing for Chris Jans. He's just turned him loose defensively and the force to be reckoned with. And then he's made Tolu Smith into a more complete player as well, I feel. But they've got to have some guys step up tonight if they want to have a chance to beat Alabama because Alabama can put points on the board. Just you couldn't be more different, these two teams. And it couldn't be more. I, Oates and Jans are, are both guys that Oates' name is starting to pop up now with the real big jobs. You know, if you look at like Louisville, who are paying Kenny Payne to not win basketball games there. Louisville may be the worst college power five team in the country. They're not going to tolerate that. They're going to fire him after one year, the rate he's going. Oates will be high on their list. If another big job were to open up, Oates would be high on the, on that list. We're probably a couple years away if Jans continues to coach like this and put out program, put out talent and teams like this from Jans being that kind of guy, being on those big name lists. So. I'm excited for college basketball, and you should be too. Uh, big games this week. If State could find a way to be one and one after these two games with Alabama and then at Tennessee, just one and one somehow, some way, you're on you, you, you you're on the doorstep. Even in even in January, you're on the doorstep to being locked in when it comes to March. Believe it or not believe it or not. When we come back, I'll give you a couple of playmakers and a prediction for the ReliaQuest Bowl uh, that we're only a few days away from. So we'll do that when we come back and we finish things off here on Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Let's wrap things up here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. That's Rhino down there in Studio X playing that fantastic guitar version of Hail State. Just saw a video uh, on Twitter from my good friend Rhett Hobart. There is a line wrapped around the Humphrey Coliseum right this second. So you know, expectations can be, maybe they can be high. A lot of Bulldog fans, I think state fans have just been waiting. They've been waiting for that tipping point of now's the time, and they feel like this is the opportunity. Big crowd tonight could be a difference for Mississippi State. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, there's a ton of folks in that line, and like I said, it's wrapped. If you know your way around the hump, it's all the way from the student entrance all the way out to the road. So we'll see. We will see. We'll see what happens on uh, Monday at the ReliaQuest Bowl, Mississippi State versus Illinois. 
That game starts at 11 a.m., so we we really should, uh, as that game ends, maybe slide right into Sports Talk Mississippi. If I have time, if that game ends, you know, early, if if, if it's if it's a quick game, uh, I'll 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 sneak in a uh, a post game live on Spotify Live. Uh, but if it's not, we'll just have to go straight into uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, which will sort of act as a as an unofficial post-game show, much the way tonight has acted as the unofficial pre-game show for Mississippi State uh, basketball. A um, couple players to watch. I mean, I'm interested to see what receiver steps up with Ra-Ra out. You know, Ra-Ra up and down this year, obviously some inconsistency, but that was, that was State's best guy this year, top to bottom. So can Tulu Griffin step into that role a little bit? You know, we, we talked all year about they can't play Ra Ra because they can't play Tulu at the same time because they play the same position. Well, Ra Ra's gone. So Tulu Griffin should get a lot of snaps, right? He's the guy, you know, he, he he's the guy that with the return game and in the passing game is the big play guy. He's the guy who can make things happen. So that's probably the guy I would look at from that. And then defensively, one last ride for Emmanuel Forbes. I know this Illinois team doesn't uh doesn't throw the ball a lot, but wouldn't it be something to go out and get one more pick six for Emmanuel Forbes? That that's something I, I'm gonna will that into existence. I want to see that. I want that moment of Emmanuel Forbes one more time gliding into the end zone with an interception. That would be a fun thing to me. I like the idea of that. And then an X factor, hmm. It almost, almost does it have to be Simeon Price? You know what you're going to get with Marks. Johnson's not there. Somebody, the other guy's got to step up. You know, State's going to play two backs. Simeon Price has got to, is going to have to deliver in this game. He could easily be a guy who gets a touchdown, maybe two. Simeon Price for the X factor. That script kind of writes itself. All three of those guys, you know. Griffin taking over with Ra-Ra out. Makes sense. Manuel Forbes coming back to play one last game. One last game means one last big play, right? It's got to be that way. And then Simeon Price has to step up with Dylan Johnson out. If you get all three of those guys to play the way I'm describing it right now, State's going to win. I think it's going to be a very tough, hard-fought game. I think it's going to be back and forth. Illinois, even with their deficiencies, or not deficiencies, not the right word, even with what they're missing uh, offense defensively, they're still a good team. They're still well coached. Brett Bielema is a veteran coach. He will have his team ready to play, um, and, and they're 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 going to give it their best shot. I think both teams will. State, you know, it's just about the emotions for me. If they can handle their emotions, if they can work through them, if they can play together as a team, they play you know relatively mistake free, they can win. They'll win. If they don't do those things, they will lose, and it'll be a repeat of what we saw down in Tampa in 2019. could be very similar to that. could be an ugly game. If State makes mistakes, that's what it's going to look like. But if State plays clean, they have the better athletes, they're going to win the, the football game. So let's go Mississippi State 27-20. 27-17. Mississippi State wins. Zach Arnett 1-0. Should he retire at 1-0? Retire undefeated, Zach. No, don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, Zach. Or an air to arrow. What's going to happen at the hump tonight? Prediction on that? Do I dare? I can't. I can't. I can't pull the trigger. Alabama wins 63 62. 64. We'll keep it, keep it within single digits. But 
I, I can't pull the trigger just yet. I can't. I feel I feel like I'm close. I want to say it, but I can't bring myself to say it. So we shall see. All right. Everybody back in back in line, back to normal. I'm gonna head to the hump. Uh tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning Podcast will recap that game, thanks to our good friend and our only correspondent, Future Brian. Plus a talk with Matthew Stevens from IlliniGuys.com. Previewing the Reliant Quest Bowl. Big podcast tomorrow. And Friday, don't forget the Robbies, our year-end awards. They'll be a lot of fun to hand out. Talk to you guys tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.